Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Culture Hour. I am your hostess, Shelley Smith, everything workplace culture. So I got to ask y'all, how you doing? What's going on in your world? How are you showing up as a courageous leader? How are you making an impact? What role are you playing in the world of workplace culture? Mentoring, mitigating the risk, increasing all of the goodness that there are. And those employees that you have, they're humans first. Today, I am super, super, super excited to bring on a guest that I should have had on before, Tiffany Poole. She's amazing uh, inside and outside. And so let me tell you a little bit about, about Tiffany. Tiffany is the owner and founder of three different companies, including AMP Attorney Consultant. For the last 12 years, she helped shape consumer bankruptcy firms grow from their practices to increase conversion rate and profit. Her goal is for the attorneys to know that they are already have what they need to generate more revenue while utilizing their existing marketing budget, equip them with the tools that they need and to make that happen. So we're going to hear about all three of her businesses, uh, profit and non-for-profit, because she's huge on, on giving back. Um, if you don't follow her, I'm going to give you, or she's going to give you all the different links that you can find her. She drops on the daily some great inspirational pieces on Facebook alone. She also has a new podcast that I can't wait to hear more about um, that is recent as well. But I'm going to back up a little bit. I met Tiffany. Now I, I, I should have looked this up. I think it's maybe been five or six years ago at a women's conference. She For was sure. one of the, uh, the keynote speakers. I met her through uh, Michelle Pippen, whom I'm a big fan of with Women Who Wow. Um, and she was one of the spotlights that I have. For those of you who are watching via YouTube, you can see the book cover. For those of you who are not, I'm holding in my hand Brass Ovaries Own Yours that I co-authored a few years ago. And when I met Tiffany, I was like, please, can you share your story inside of the book? And she did. She graciously accepted. So the chapter that Tiffany is in is called Keeping It Real. And it's about authenticity, showing up and believing who you are, owning your skin. And so with that, I'm just going to read a little bit about Tiffany, I'm going to turn it over to her. This section in chapter four, uh, Rags to Riches, meet Tiffany, uh, Texas millionaire Tiffany Poole, owner of Amp Attorney Consultant, which you all just heard. Um, she has kids that are rock stars, and I'll let her tell you a little bit about them. But many would look at this real life Barbie doll beauty, her glorious life, and assume that she comes from wealth, and it was all handed to her. And that she never had to struggle. Well, guess again, she's gone from the trailer park to a millionaire at the ripe old age at the time of 34 when she was telling me the story. She's earned every single penny of her millionaire status. Underneath her exterior beauty is an interior woman with passion, bravery, street smarts, tenacity, and brass ovaries. She's been on her own since the age of 13. And man, has she been on a ride, a story, and lessons to share. And that's why Tiffany is a guest today. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here today. What can you what can you tell the listeners and the watchers, the viewers that I haven't already said about you before we dive in today to all of your goodness? Well, I gotta say first, thank you so much for having me. And hey, y'all, glad you're listening or watching or both. Um, I mean, the only thing I can really add is um, there is nothing magical. There is nothing special about me. Not even really unique. Um, and I don't even say that in a way to be 
uh, degrading or disrespecting myself or my self-worth or any of that. So women settle down. Um, it's just the truth, right? Um, there is nothing this, you know, that is overwhelmingly magical or special or, or unique about me, but that's, what's empowering. I think to women, um, that are listening and, and watching and, and even men guys, come on y'all. Um, you don't have to be, you don't have to be super talented or super smart or super special. You get to be you and you can achieve literally anything you want to. You just have to put in the work. You have to take risks. You have to be authentic and you have to be able to say out loud without any, um, disrespect or, or bad feeling in your heart that you're just another human. You're just merely flesh and you have to be authentic. You have to be who you are every single day, especially to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself and say, there isn't anything special about you, Tiffany. So you have to get up every single day and try to be better and educate yourself more and self-develop your brain, your heart, your soul, your body. Um, you have to invest in the people around you so that you can soak up uh, all the investment that they'll be willing to give you if you just give and give and give. So, I mean, I think being authentic and being um, very real with yourself um, is so empowering. That's, I mean, it, that's my secret sauce. Yeah, I, just, I, I love it. What? Let me ask you this, because it seems simple, but obviously it's not, or more people would do it and feel comfortable with it. As an owner, as a leader, as, a, as you figured this out, how did you figure that out? Have you always been that way? Or are there some lessons that was a pivotal moment that you're like, you know what? Forget all of the fake. Forget all of the, the behind the scenes or the front of the scenes persona. I'm just going to be me and I'm going to make it work. Like, have you always been that way or was there a shift? No, I have not always been that way. And let me tell you something. Um, I don't often uh, spend time trying to regret anything because you always have something positive or, or something that came out of that, right? Mm -hmm. But the one thing I do regret is if I would have realized being Tiffany, being who I actually am from day one would have made me so successful in even happier than my success, I would have done it a long time ago. But the truth is, no, no. Um, I came from a, a hardship life and I wanted better and I wanted to be something and I wanted to have a life that was different than what I was brought into. And that came with not a chip on my shoulder, but in deep, deep rooted insecurity that I wasn't worthy of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't special. And in my opinion, then I was worse than nothing special. I was below average. I was below poverty. I was trash. I was trailer park trash. I was white trash. I was nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I started just working really hard, I, I, I told myself, but I'm just going to work harder than anybody that I know, right? I'm going to find the hardest working person I know 
in my vicinity right now, <clears throat> I'm just going to outwork them. And then the next person that works harder than me, outwork them, right? And I'm going to put on and I'm going to act like the people that I want the lives of, right? Yeah. And I think there is a, a little bit of um, truth in, in some uh, reality that you do have to have a little bit of that. So any life that you want, you need to have characteristics and routines and habits and behaviors of that person, or there's no way you're getting that life, right? Right. But I mimicked them. I became a chameleon and I was very good at it. And so I talked like them. I acted like them. Um, I pretended to be already them when I wasn't. And what it did is no matter how hard I worked, I never got anything real success-wise. And I was miserable. I hated myself. I hated my life. I felt depressed um, because the problem is, you know, that you're faking. Yeah. That you're not being authentic to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so even in any small moment in life where you should be happy, you can't be because you go, oh, but anybody could take it away from me because it's not real. And I know it's not real. I could lose it because it's not mine because it's not true. It's not real. It's not authentic. Mm -hmm. So it could be gone like that. And so I'd wake up with anxiety and fear and just work harder and harder and harder. And then one day, <laughs> ripe old age of 29, about to turn 30, I was exhausted. I wish I would have said the pivot moment was I had this epiphany and this magical or God spoke to me. Um, but it's not true. I just was exhausted. Yeah. And I just was done. I just woke up one day between a couple months to a couple weeks before my 30th birthday. And I said, I, don't, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. And in that moment, I was ready for change. And I didn't care if I had success and I didn't care what anybody thought. And I didn't, all I wanted was not to feel exhausted and miserable and still not have the things that I wanted, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was magical because then natural thing, things started happening where I think deals I had been pushing for, clients that I had been um, wanting, uh, projects I couldn't find the solution to, they started happening. And I think it's uh, because I started coming at it with my own thoughts and not you know, what am I supposed to say? Mm -hmm. Or really getting comfortable with saying, you know what? I don't know, John, but I'm going to figure it out. And I realized, and I've carried this now about to be 40, literally in maybe a couple months, maybe a couple weeks. I don't know. I'm not going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have found that nobody needs you in my line of work, in any of my companies, or in my personal life, needs you to have every answer every single time and be right. They don't need that. They don't ask you of that. It's yeah. quite arrogant of you to think that's what they pay you for, or that's what they have you in your life for, if that's your personal right relationships. Um, 
they need you to say when you don't know. Mm -hmm. And if it is your job or your role in that personal relationship to figure it out, that you then go figure it out. Mm -hmm. And come back. Yeah. Let me ask you this, because that's, that's actually a perfect segue to what I, again, see in your, in your post and knowing what I know about you, the success of the teams, the, the employees, the people that you hire, the intentionality, um, the vision and your purpose. So clearly you figured that out and now you've brought that into your team. So again, share some tidbits of how you do that. Maybe some tools you use. I know you use predictive index, but your thought process, your interviewing process, people drop, drop some notes of those things that you've learned to build your teams and your culture too successfully. Absolutely. Um, culture is a big thing to me. Um, you know, one of my companies is uh, a national call center, uh, HCT, Hero Conversion Technologies, and it sets appointments for law firms all around the United States. It was launched seven years ago, virtually. So at launch, my call center was remote. This is way pre-COVID, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring that up is because culture matters no matter what. In a call center, it really matters. In a virtual remote where everybody is in a different state, a different city, a different time zone, all over the place and never um, physically has ever met anybody, including the owner, Mm -hmm. it's imperative, right? Mm -hmm. I truly believe it's imperative in all businesses, no matter what. But I think what um, viewers listening, if they're in similar situations, whether they're their employee or they're the employer, um, we're all kind of virtual now, right? Yeah. And so it's become even more important. Yeah. Um, but still doable to your point. Oh, still doable. Still doable. I, I, I just want to stress that because there's a lot of people still struggling and it shouldn't be a struggle. A hundred percent. And not only doable, but um, in one of the positive things that did come from that, I think for other companies is they get to experience something that I get experience. And that is when you are on little mini islands all over the place, then you put time into technology, your people to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I think back in the day when we weren't virtual, employers, employees didn't realize how important it was. Culture. Yeah. Because I see everyone every day. So that's what culture is. No. No. Um, so, so a couple of ways to answer your question. Um, one with the call center where I have the most employees, um, I built the culture. Once I have the person Mm -hmm. this way, um, I don't ever, uh, pretend that I know all the right answers. I don't ever pretend that any process I lay out or any coaching I give is 100% the only way or the right way. Um, Everybody on the team, no matter what uh, level or or playing field they are within the team, has not only the right, but I continually ask them to challenge anything. If you, you think there's a better way, I almost, not almost, I actually even say it's your responsibility, it's your obligation to tell me there's a better way. Mm-hmm. So full empowerment right up from front. 
right? Yeah, but from they the were not into this table. I brought the table. You got to set it and you got to bring the stuff to it, right? So it's your obligation, your responsibility to voice that. Because yeah. I'm not seeing everything that you're seeing. Yeah. To be quite honest, um, I ask questions to my employees. I, I never am like, oh, should I already know that? <laughs> like, hey, hey, what account, uh, that account, what time zone are they? I do that all the time. Yeah. Who's on this account? Who's, you know why? Because they're doing it every day. They know more than I. I love it. This morning, I, on my other, uh, my quick morning commute podcast, which is all culture related to, I literally talked about this. I talked about the, um, you know, how often do you get out of your proverbial office, go out on the floor, have real conversations to get your ear to the ground. Because if you don't do that, you are so disconnected. You are so missing out on ideas, thoughts, effectiveness, efficiency, because they're the ones that are doing the work every day. It's not you behind the wall doing the office the pretty paperwork and the analytics that you're like, Oh my God, I've got to go to another meeting. Stop it. Go talk to your team. I love that. Please continue. (laughs) Yeah. And what I find is operating that way. And again, it boils down to really me back in the day, getting to who I was and being okay with that. And just being like, Oh, here's, here's who I am. And I don't always know everything. I know a lot about this one thing. That's about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, what did did is it attracted people that wanted to be on my team. Um, I've had so many of my staff members, well, a lot of my staff members for the call center um, left jobs, took pay cuts to just find a place on the team in some way and worked hard and wanted to bring new opportunities to the the company and new value and new insights. That was their choice. Mm -hmm. And how I did that was being myself and being authentic. And, um, and also by example, you know, uh, there's not anybody in any of my companies, uh, that, uh, I work less than not one. I love it. So I'm hearing tips of authenticity first and foremost be who you are love who you are show up who you are the the humble element in that i hired you to do the job the accountability i expect you to you're you're literally saying expect you to become an expert in your role and then tell me instead of the the other way around i've i've heard the the open empowerment And one thing I, I want to underscore, 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 clarity of expectations of what right looks like around the culture, that you do expect them to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing you say you hand out permission slips from day one to be the best you can be. I also heard you say, and, and I want everybody to listen up on this, is that when you know your culture is working for you, your teammates find the next employee for you. And this, this, this pain <coughs> A finding employees is not a problem because there's always somebody who's looking for you. So I just want to reiterate and reverberate what it is that I'm hearing. And of course, yes, yes, yes. Amen. Amen to, to all of those, those goodnesses of all of that. So can you just for the, as we start to go into to wrap up here, please do uh, call out uh, deliberately all of your, all of your companies and what they do. Um, let everybody know where they can find out more about you. Obviously, let people know also if you're hiring because they may want to find that out too. And then if there's other tools that you're using, 
Um, and then any, any other like final nuggets that you want people to know to wrap up today's theme of how you do and what you do? Absolutely. So, I mean, I want to give some tangibles because I think that's always important when I listen yeah. to a podcast is I love the stories and I love the motivation, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty bullet point, what's tangible, right? And being myself and how I've created the company in the beginning did draw the people, right. That I needed, but, and they refer people that they know, but there is a very specific tool that is really the axle points of how we grow today, right? That started the company, but it was small. Now it is huge nationwide. We're in London. We're in um, Madrid. We're in Peru. We're in Puerto Rico. We're in Mexico. We're in Colombia. We're everywhere, right? So now that it is this entity, right? Um, we use this uh, test called predictive index. And the reason why we use it, and it's not like, you know, there's quizzes and personalities and IBR, NG, whatever. Uh, I'm sure those are valuable, but I don't understand them. So I would never give them to anybody else, right? I use predictive index because one, I took it myself and I sat there for an hour and stared at the paper after I read it 10 times. And said, it's a reference pattern. Yeah. I said, wow, I'm a captain. Ah, captain, my captain. I'm a captain too. Yes. My A is so far right off the charts. It's in the words, right? Um, but I resonated with it. It was all of my assets. It was all of my flaws in my face. It was, it was the way that I think. It was the way that I communicate. It was the way that I feel. It was all of those things. And I said, wow, we have to utilize this. So there isn't one player that doesn't come in on our team that doesn't have a very specific profile or a number of profiles for that specific position, because there's lots of different positions within that call center and everyone has different. There is no wrong profile. There is no wrong or, or uh, failed test in the predictive, predictive index. It tells you, is this the right role and task for you? Not, not do I wanna hire you for it? Are you good enough for it? It's John, Brenda, will you be happy doing this? Because yeah, yeah. here's what I really want to leave you with. If your people are not happy, and you won't know if they are if you don't ask. I have a person on my team. Her entire job, hi, Lexi, is to call people and say, hey, how you doing? How's it going, babe? Hey, homie, how's it going over in that account? I saw you did some overtime. How you feeling? Oh, my gosh, I love it. That's what she does because she needs to know. She needs to have her, her, her temperature on. Are they happy? The people invoice experience side, that social element. Love, 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 love. Because let me tell you something. People don't get up uh, to work unless they pay their bills. So that's the first thing you got to do, right? They got, they're not going to do anything if they can't even pay their bills. But that's just the first step. If you want to keep them and retain them, you have to know that what you put them in was something they'd be happy doing. You were invested in their happiness because that's what retains them no matter what you pay somebody. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Love, love, love. All right. How can we find more about you and your businesses? First of all, um, what are so, your businesses again? Yep. So uh, Facebook, of course, uh, Tiffany Poole. Um, and then I have Amp Attorney Consulting. 
um, anything to build a law firm of any legal field. Um, HCT, also on Facebook, uh, Hero Conversion Technologies, that's the National Call Center we spend a lot of time talking about, um, setting appointments uh, for law firms. Um, I have HBC, it's for commercial real estate, um, and then nonprofit uh, homeless outreach uh, here locally. Everything can be found on Facebook. If you find me on Facebook, you'll see that I tag all the companies. We're also on Instagram and then um, our own websites. But again, I would go to my own Facebook. Again, I keep authentic, my personal one, and you'll find the companies. But really, I'm just sharing everything from me because that's how I've always run my businesses. That's how I use social. It's, it's me. It's me. It's the people that work for me, with me. It's my friends. It's my family. There's no time that I'm stopping working and I'm personal. It's mm -hmm. just I'm Tiffany. I love it. And, and for those of you who can't uh, see the video here, her last name is P-O-O-L-E, yes. um, just to make sure that when you, when, you, when you type that in. Tiffany, before we do a final close, you also have a new podcast. What's the name? How can we find you? And what do you talk about on there? If you can see this, I know if you're only listening. So my podcast is called Not Your Guru. Right with your theme, right with who you are. So what do you, what do you, what do you talk about? What do you, no, no, I'm actually doing it for fun. Um, so it's once a month and um, I bring on a guest that is a uh, business owner of some uh, success. And we talk about um, where they started, like from the very beginning and walk through the struggle and actually the story of that person. And then we give tangibles of when they knew when to pivot. Yeah. Um, you know, they're asked uh, to tell all the mistakes they made so that we know what not to make in that moment. Yeah. And then what the solution was. So yeah. then we can write that down. Yeah. And then at the end, um, I challenge them that in three months, they're to send me at least a five minute video. Yeah. Of what they've done to challenge themselves from that podcast because we have to always be evolving and growing because yes. that's yes. actually where humans get happiness from is a purpose and if that purpose becomes stagnant and no longer is a purpose so we have to be growing progressing evolving and that's true happiness love 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 there was a book that I read and in, in a, a 60 day challenge and there were six components of it but one of them is you read a book a week and one of them, I'm, I'm looking at it, uh, Frankel, and it's about the, uh, it's the, the end to all happiness or the method of all happiness, but the, the catch in the end, it's, it's about concentration camps and him telling his story. And it's an incredible book, but the answer is that we're here to learn, to take in and to tell others about it, yeah. just to share. And so I, I, I love that. It's, it's maybe it's called happiness or the life and happiness or the answer to happiness to, to your point. So no, absolutely. We get so far removed from the human to human piece of it. Yes. Which is a shame, which, you know, I think some of, I think a lot of goodness have come out of COVID. Don't people freak out when they hear me say that, but a lot of good, a lot of innovation, a lot of self-reflection. Uh, a lot of people have not just survived, but thrived. Because all of a sudden they realized and they figured it out. And I know you know, years to come on podcasts and books, when people say, what was your pivotal moment? Absolutely. Mark my word. 
people are going to say COVID, everything changed, everything changed. And I got to say, if people say it didn't change, well, you need to go live under a rock because COVID should, should have brought a change in some way, shape or form. My goodness. goodness. Anyways. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show today, Tiffany. Uh, Great, great tips. Um, um, much mad respect to everything that you do and your entire team and, and how you share. So definitely keep being, keep being you. Um, y'all, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, if you've got some additional questions, um, you definitely need to look up Tiffany. Again, she dropped some inspiration. And I'm like, where did you get that? Where, what? And she always tells it through the lens of, guess what I learned y'all today? <laughs> and then she, she talks about it. And so it's always good. Always good. Uh, For those of you who are not watching and can't see the ticker, uh, the information, all you have to do is go to the podcast and I'll have information on there. Um, You can come back and do a rewatch on any of your favorite podcast uh, places and uh, on the website and on YouTube. And I'm sorry, Tiffany, where is your podcast being housed? Is it on multiple platforms or is it specific to like Spotify uh, only? Or- oh, absolutely. It's on Apple, Spotify, and two others that uh, I don't recognize. So I'm probably just not, you know, nerdy enough for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So the bottom line is uh, Google it and you'll, and you'll find it. Not your guru. Love it. All right, you all be well, be safe out there. And remember, stay courageous. Culture matters no matter when there, if it's one person. Once you add two, there's some sort of a dynamic and experience that's happening. And then when you have way more in order to further define it, you got to create the boundary and then follow up, follow up, follow up on what right looks like. That's it. Be well.